This podcast is sponsored by Now Alchemy, an amazing company that is changing the way we look at health and wellness. Now Alchemy is using uh, monatomic gold and ormus, which is sourced from two ocean sources, the Dead Sea and the Himalayan Sea. Ormus is a powerful combination, a liquid known as the golden food for the gods. And in ancient Egyptian times, it was known as the light elixir. This energy not only shifts and brings back the dimensions of your body, but allows your entire light body to expand. Any particle breakdown inside of your system becomes repaired. It opens up your third eye, increases manifestation potential, balances the left and right hemisphere of your brain, and increases brain capacity. And that's not the best part of it. The very best part of it is actually enhancing your shamanic abilities, such as increased dream lucidity, being able to feel the energies that are around you, and being able to balance both your chakras and your internal and external Internal world increases your human biomagnetic sheath, known as your aura, and relieves stress and anxiety. Now, this is something you have to try. So go ahead and check out Now Alchemy, a sponsor of the Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. Thank you and enjoy the show. Human beings have been sharing stories for hundreds of thousands of years, and with those stories came the emotional, spiritual and physical knowledge of the ancients. Shaman Durek is a third-generation shaman, an evolutionary innovator and a women's empowerment leader. He's here to bring forth the ancient wisdom of our elders to help heal and bring happiness into our modern society. We're sharing ancient knowledge in modern times in order to put the power back in people's hands. Welcome to the tribe. Hello, beautiful tribe, beautiful, amazing, powerful, gracious, loving, giving, nurturing, profound, intelligent, genius of a tribe. That is what we are. We are something special on this planet. And if you're here on Ancient Wisdom Today podcast, then I know that you are a special human being because you were led here by your powers, by your intuition, by your guides, by your ancestors, to be here and to listen and be a part of the knowledge and sharing of love, to lift you and shift you and take you to higher levels of possibility, change in your life. And it is a wonderful thing. So I just want to let you know that I love you so much. I love you so much that right now, I just want you to place your hand on your heart, take a deep inhalation, and another deep inhalation and feel my spirit with you right now, warming your heart center right now, creating the fire and the spark inside of your heart with the words, I love you. I love you. I love you. And you are so wonderful and so beautiful and so amazing. And ah, I'm so happy you're on this planet. Thank you for being on this planet with me. Thank you for being alive. Thank you for existing. I honor you and I see you. I witness you. I feel you. I appreciate you. I know how powerful you are. And let me be the first to remind you that you matter. You matter. 
So I'm so happy today to share with you and speak with you about dreams and to get into a space where we can really understand dreams in a, in a much more vibrant, much more lively way. A lot of times people go to sleep at night and they don't have dreams. And the reason for that is because they have too much going on in their lives. There's so much um, information and data that is being filled up inside of them, both mentally and emotionally, that limits them from being able to process any of the dreams that they did have. So if you're one of those people who believe that you don't have dreams, well, I'm here to tell you that you do. Everyone dreams all the time. And if you don't remember your dreams, or you think that you didn't dream that night when you went to sleep, chances are um, it's because of the fact you're overloaded in your emotion and mental body. So everyone dreams. And the reason why we dream is that spirit's way of taking us out of this physical experience where there is control and rules and ideas of rules created by the many perceptions of human beings that have created them throughout time, which a lot of them are really nonsense to begin with. However, nonetheless, we have put so much attention and acknowledgement on these rules and ideas in society that we just made them a part of our lives and we follow them like clockwork when in fact, a lot of the rules that we follow really just limit us from experiencing the vibrancy of life and how beautiful and amazing life can be when we get out of these ideas of rules and limitations that we have taken on from family members or peers or authority figures and, and from radio and television and things that we've heard in the news and, you know, things that we've heard with friends on tables or at dinner parties or whatever it is that we're gathering our informational source. And that's something to be mindful of too, is where are you gathering your information? You know, if we are drinking from waters that are polluted and filled with toxins and poisons, then then you're gathering that into your being and in, that goes into your mind and your emotions and your body. So we really want to be careful um, and be more mindful of where we're gathering our information. Where, what, what is, where, are we, where are we drinking from, right? What are we drinking from? And when we acknowledge that, when we acknowledge like, where we're drinking from and where we're gathering our information and what kind of information are we gathering? Because that's also important as well too. You know, if the information you're gathering is, is, is about making more fear in your being or creating more pain or creating more suffering or making you lose um, your belief in a better world or a better you or a better person, or that you can't do something or achieve something or thrive for something or create something. That's not the kind of information you want to be taking in. You know, we don't want to take in information that puts us at odds with each other and ourselves. We don't want to take information that makes us fearful of moving forward or afraid of this world and this life. We don't want to take information that makes us feel like we can't do something or that we're incapable or not smart enough or intelligent enough or that we're missing something and that we should have something. And if we don't, then we're not. Um, we're not equal or we're not able to stand up and, and face the day with power and strength and wisdom in and within us. So I think that there is a point where we have to really kind of monitor and be mindful of the information that we're, that we're gathering and taking in. And also what type of information, if it's information that's lifting and shifting you, is it information that's, that's taking you into higher places of love and generosity and kindness and freedom and play and, ex and experiences that are, that are joyful and playful on all levels of your being? And you'll hear me say play a lot because play is a huge part of, of, of evolving on earth. 
You know, uh, there's an old, old um, thing that was said uh, by the beloved Christ uh, that said that in order to enter the kingdom of heaven, one must come as a child. It doesn't mean that you come innocent. It means that you operate in child um, form, mind, in your being, playfulness, uh, living your life, having fun, you know, enjoying things and not being so uh, stuffy and with a stick up your ass and, you know, taking that um, that posture of you know, control away and really getting into a place of, of loosening up and letting go and letting your hair down and being a little goofy and silly and funny and, and outrageous without there being any kind of, um, you know, energy of needing to hold on to some belief system that would make you feel, you know, that you have to be stiff and stern and hard and, and, you know, barricaded and, you know, pulled in. Yeah. <laughs> right? Because we don't want to do that. That's not fun. So play, 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 play all the time, every time, you know? If you have to get, get toys or if you have to paint or you have to dance around the house in your underwear or in your bra and panties or if you need to, you know, just sing songs out loud and howl at the moon and whatever it is that you have to do, just do it. So that's going to really um, open you up a lot to being um, a dream master and being able to access different levels of dream um, dreams and different levels of planes of consciousness, which are really important too at this day and age because when you dream, it literally takes you out of the physical mundane matrix world, which is based in rules, conditions, structures, and boxes, where it takes you out of that and you get to experience things outside of the things that you, I would say, most likely wouldn't be experiencing. Um, and the dreams help you to get to dream um, greater than the dream that you're actually dreaming in the physical world. So anyway, let's look at it like this. We're all dreaming, right? We're all dreaming and we're dreaming our life. We're dreaming everything. We're dreaming the people into our lives and the situations and circumstances. We're dreaming the opportunities, the blocks. We're dreaming everything into life, right? And it's all based upon how we think. And as we think, it creates the dream, right? And that's the creator aspect of our being, right? As we, as we think and talk, we are writing and creating the dream. So, you know, I always say it's always important for us to be very mindful of what dream we're actually in and what character we're playing in the dream and what types of um, other characters are coming in, such as friends and family and people that we're meeting and different events that we're going to and things that are happening in our life, right? We're all dreaming that into being. And that, and that dream is coming from the part of your being that thinks and talks and uh, that part that is able to see possibility or not able to see possibility, which would result in a lot of roadblocks and a lot of blocks in your life, uh, financially, love life, you name it, and all these different things and health as well. So we want to get into a space where we become a little bit more open, more fluidic, more free, and more playful. And that gives us the ability to dream in the most wondrous and wildest ways that we can imagine, which is, I think, you know, something that's um, important for us to, to, to get into, uh, just especially if we're living on earth, you know, because earth does have a lot of, um, rules that were created about, you know, who we are, what we can experience, what's okay, what's not okay, what's acceptable, what's not acceptable. When in fact, a lot of these things are just based upon, um, certain belief systems that have been passed down, some of it through religion, some of it through certain doctrinations and ideas and discussions that happen between certain social groups. And they decided to go ahead and push those energies and those ideas out there to the world 
world. And therefore, all of a sudden, people started taking hold of them and making them a part of their their life and the way that they think and so forth. So um, I think that when we get out of this conditioning of programs, we get into realizing how important dreams really are, right? Because you can actually take a lot of the things that you are dealing with in your life and you can bring those into the dream plane and work through them. And that's why we dream at night is so that the spirit can be in a realm where there is limitless possibility. There are no rules and there's no punishments um, for that which you choose to experience in the spirit world. That's why I love the spirit world. The spirit world is an amazing, amazing place. Not just because of its vastness and its limitlessness and its powerfulness of how many beings and how many places you can travel and how many things you can learn and experience outside of the physical realm and what you can bring back to the physical realm as tools, skills, and ideas and um, thoughts and inspirations, but just the, the magnitude of expression that you can have in the spirit world is something wonderful. I mean, if you look at all of the amazing things on earth, the artists, the beautiful landscapes and things that you see people have created with their in their life, you can pretty much gain a perspective and an idea of the amazingness that exists in the spirit world because everything that you see physically, right, came from spirit, right? And including the trees and the plants and the flowers and the earth and, you know, uh, the movies and the music you listen to and, you know, everything was downloaded into human beings' consciousness through dreams, through ideas, which are all a part of the, the, the vastness of the spirit world. The spirit world is constantly downloading ideas into us uh, through what we call the muses. And the muses are a bunch of spirits that are so powerful. And what they do is they look at each person's ability to receive and gain information depending upon what you allow based on how free and open you are. So the more open you are and the more free you are, the more the muses can um, bring new information down into your being and, and, and really enrich your life. You know, um, you know, you may be a person one day who will know how to build a, a real spaceship that can transport us to different places of the universe without leaving earth, but just through sound and color and movement. I mean, there's many different things that the muses can bring through. I know for me as a shaman, one of the things I've learned from my elders and from the spirits is that to always be open and present for that which choose to come in my being, but I only allow what comes in my being to come in from a place of love. So anything that's speaking to me or sharing with me that's not coming from a place of like the betterment of myself and another person and life in general, I usually, most cases, don't really take that energy in because I only take information in that's going to allow me to be freer, more open and have a more easier and more gentle, more loving life. So I really want that for all of you. And then one of the reasons why I put a lot of energy and being here with you and sharing with you with the beautiful tribe of people who are listening from all over the world is to be able to give you these tools of thought. And when I say tools of thought, I don't mean like tools like hammers and nails and saws. Well, you know, those are great tools that we use in the physical realm. But in the spirit realm, it's tools of thought and feeling, right? And ability to recognize your thought as being powerful and that you're a powerful being. You're, you know, a being that's open and the being that is not creating labels and illusions based on what humans have told you 
that you're an open vessel, it's easy for um, us spirits and for shamans like me to pour in your vessel amazing um, technology that can give you powerful abilities to manifest and to connect in certain energies, to connect with people telepathically, to have psychic abilities, to all kinds of wonderful things. And, you know, the, the goodie bag doesn't um, run out. So I have a lot to share with you. So uh, that being said, we go into understanding, right, that, you know, the overload, right? So if we go into the overload of like what overloads people, right? And why do people get overloaded? Well, people get overloaded because one, they're just way too nosy. And I'll be honest with you, you know, I've caught myself being nosy as well too. I tune into things and then I go, wait a second, I don't, that has nothing to do with my energy. That has nothing to do with me. I wasn't invited into that energy field. There's nothing for me to do to help that person in that energy field. So it's, most likely, probably the best thing for me to do is just pull my energy out of it and get back into um, doing loving things for myself, right? So when we get in the idea of nosiness, we have to recognize what nosiness is. Nosiness means that we're putting our energy into other people's energy field or into collective energy fields that are not giving us sustenance that is supporting us. Now, if we're putting our energy into collective energy fields or into other people's energy fields, like as friends, family, and other ones that we meet upon our journey, is that energy field that we're putting in giving us something that is uh, educating us and teaching us and allowing us to have more freedom, more joy, more elation, more bliss, and more happiness, and more optimum health, prosperity, abundance, sensuality, connection, and just overall uh, well-being in our life? Because if it's not, then most chances are that's not the energy that you want to be putting your energy into. So those energies that you put your energy into that are not giving those things to you, that's where you get the blocks. That's where you actually get the data that actually clogs up your system and makes your cogs of your, your mind and your, your emotions and all the things that are happening inside of your body um, get really like, you know, slow down and, you know, get grungy and, you know, all this kind of stuff, right? So not only just affects both your mind, it affects your emotions, it also affects your cells and your body and your, your entire um, system. So what we want to do in order to be these very like effervescent beings of love, right? When I say effervescent, like completely transparently open, effervescent beings, like light beings, what people call light beings, right? And just able to just hold frequencies of light for other for other people in the planet and as well building a bridge home to our brothers and sisters who are already in the light which is where we exist as well, and then anchoring that into planet Earth through our vessels, through our words, and through our actions, and through our thoughts, right? Because that's really what it's about. It's about being able to change dynamic structures that are not supportive into a much more loving and nurturing and playful and fun, free dynamic structure that is a structure that is not based in fear, but a structure that's based in love. And it grows the more and more love grows. And so it gives people chance to be able to, to step into that awareness without feeling forced into it or pressured into it because um, they're being feeling that they're doing something wrong or bad, right? We want to we wanna graduate people into that energy by feeling good about themselves and feeling loved and supported. So as as we step into the uh, recognition that when we take on those energies, that's what creates the blocks. So this is why people don't think they dream because they believe, oh, well, I didn't dream last night or I don't have dreams or I don't dream. Well, you do dream, darling. It's that you don't dream because you have not a memory space left in your biological spacesuit, your modus operandi, your thinking process, your third finite brain has no more space to take on any more data 
that is coming in because you're overloaded. And usually people who are overloaded are very anxiety-ridden, a lot of stress, skin problems, acne, anger issues, just completely tired a lot, uh, feeling stressed out, um, volatile, um, very, uh, what's the word, um, snappy. You know, when people snap, uh, you know, very um, lack of patience and that kind of energy, you know, hot-tempered. These are people who are overloaded. And that means that they're overloaded with information and data that is not supporting them. Or they could be creating that data by the way that they think about something that they already heard or experienced through someone else. And they're just constantly uh, rewinding the tape recorder, playing it over and over and over inside their head and beating up on their emotional self by telling themselves horrible things about themselves. Like they're not smart enough or good enough or beautiful enough or they're ugly or they're fat or they're not this or they don't have enough of this and that it's not fair and life's not fair. And if there was a God, then why... There's all this suffering this way and all that. And that will that's all, you know, creating a lot of um, what we call blocks, um, heavy weight uh, disturbances inside of the system and that are not supportive on any level of the system because it literally doesn't give the system any information in which to change any of those things. It just simply prolongs it and creates it over and over. And like, here's the cool thing is that your body, your mind, your spirit knows how to get rid of a lot of the toxins and poisons that you put into it, be it verbally, be it emotionally, and be it physically. However, what we do as human beings is that we reinforce it by thinking about it again or feeling it again or putting our energy in it again. And we just actually reinforce it and draw it back in. So that which what your spirit and your mind and your emotions was getting rid of, we're just like, oh, no, no, no. We, we, we're not, we, we know you're trying to get rid of that abuse that happened to us, but no, we need to think about it again. So we're just going to pull it back in and then lock it back into the body. So then they have to, you know, your system has to go through the process of unlocking again and pulling it out. So the best way for you to decompress your energy and to get out of that space of overload, which is really important, is for you to do um, some exercises to be able to do that. So one thing that really works is called Zen walking. And it's a wonderful technique. And so what you do is you basically plan a time that you're going to walk for like, let's say 30 minutes, 20 minutes, maybe even an hour. You know, you can even do 10 minutes and just start off small. Remember, little micro jumps is so much better than just like trying to get all the way to the finish line and then not do it because you're like bored with it or you don't want to do it because you feel the pressure of this long journey ahead. Don't look at life that way because it doesn't serve you. The best way for you to look at life is to just really realize that every little thing you do counts, right? Doesn't that feel better? I think so. So, okay, going back to what I was saying. So little um, moments, right? Little little jumps are so much more important than this huge leap where, you know, um, you're putting a lot of pressure and stress behind you to do it. You're just like defeating the purpose of everything you're doing. So like if you're trying to meditate and when I say the word trying, I'm going to use the word trying instead of meditate, like you're going to meditate or you're doing meditation because trying is exactly what you'll be doing. Because if you're trying to do anything, it means that there's a resistance inside of you. So if you just say, okay, I'm going to meditate and I'm going to do it for like two minutes, that's fine. Like three minutes, four minutes, you know, whatever. Don't get into this whole like feeling that you have to um, become this master meditator. And if you can't do it for as long as everyone else is doing it, there's no point in doing it because then you're just overloading yourself again with wrong information. So 10, five minutes, 20 minutes, an hour, whatever is suitable to you that is natural and organic. You just set a time 
and you disconnect from your music. You disconnect from, uh, you don't put headphones on or anything. You just go for a walk and you let your mind run, right? You don't talk to anyone. You just let your mind run and run and run and run and run. And what it does is it's a way to clean out your mental body. So your mental body gets this amazing cleansing because you're letting your mind run. And all that running is all that information just being released from you. And it feels so good. It's also really good to do in nature because the tree spirits and nature spirits, because it's such an amazing technology, they have the ability to pick up on the synthesis of your thinking. And so they begin to transmute a lot of energy out of you very quickly that are stuff that could be really down in there that you just have not been wanting to think about because it's been too painful to look at. They can literally transmute that energy very quickly. So walking in nature, walking on a beach is really good for emotions. Walking in trees and stuff is good for the mind. Okay. Walking um, on sand, um, when I say sand, like desert sand, like out on dry land, like if you were out in the like very dry bush area where there's like cactuses and all that, that's really good for your center of like things that have been disempowering, disempowering you. So disempowering is walking on dry land, emotions, walking by the ocean, and mind walking in nature around the trees and all that good stuff, right? So beautiful, 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 beautiful. If you're walking in the city, if you're walking around crowded areas where there's people and all that kind of stuff, that's releasing the chaotic energy um, from your being. Now, you're probably saying, what is chaotic energy, Shaman Dirk? Chaotic energy means um, synthesis that is combined with collective energy. It means that when you are around other people, groups and cities and cars and all kinds of disturbances and EMF waves and all these different things, it creates what we call a static charge. This static charge is called chaotic energy. Chaotic energy is bits and pieces of information on energy data that are all like bouncing off of each other in this big static ball. You know, That's why a lot of people at times, I know for myself, and I'm such a night owl because I have really, I'm very sensitive to chaotic energy. So at nighttime, when people are sleeping, there's the chaotic, the static dies down and I can actually lift my head above the static and, and then get all this creativity and downloads and information, whatever. Like, you know, that's why I burn that midnight oil. Uh, however, um, some people enjoy the static energy and they feel motivated and empowered and they feel like, yeah, I'm going to go out there and do things because I feel this intense energy. But it doesn't mean you want to keep that energy on you. If that's Static energy is there. You definitely want to get rid of it eventually through meditation or some kind of like Zen walking and things like that. So Zen walking, clear your energy. That's a wonderful tool. Another wonderful tool, if you do have access to it, which is really going to be great for your dreaming work, is flotation tanks. Now, I can't begin to tell you how amazing how wonderful, how breathtaking, how absolutely wonderful a flotation tank is. And I, you know, I, a lot of people will say to me, oh, I don't want to go in that flotation tank. I'm claustrophobic. I feel like I'm in it closed in. It's dark and so forth and whatever. It's completely fine. You won't even recognize it. In fact, it's actually going to bring up a lot of your child stuff because it's going to be really good because it's very womb um, um, orientated of the feeling of being back inside of the womb. But here's one of the things is that you go in the flotation tank, you lay down and you're floating on um, body temperature water. And when you're floating on body temperature water, just to give you an understanding of what that feels like, it means that like, you feel your own temperature in the water. So your body and synthesis of your being, as well as your sensorium, which is your ability to feel energy and feel elements and feel everything around you. And as well as your ability to, to catalog, which is your, your mental process, right? Um, what's happening all begins to kind of merge into one another and you begin to go into this place where your whole entire body 
your muscles, your joints, and every part of your body is completely not having to put energy. Your mind does not have to put energy on any of that. And it literally can go right to your spirit. So your spirit immediately opens and envelops you and you go into these deep, deep, deep places that really allows your body to regenerate, to heal, to balance, to, to clear, to open up. And it is phenomenal. I remember the first time I did a flotation tank, I literally, at some point in the tank, felt like I was in liquid warm jello and I was inside of an amoeba in outer space and I was seeing all the different realities of my being, all the different consciousnesses of my being that exist in all the many different bodies that I'm in quantumly out throughout the universe. It was something wonderful and exhilarating and I became a lover of it. But not only that, but my it also really supports your dreams and really helps you to really get into those dreams and get into that space. So I really recommend clearing out the emotions, clearing out the mental static and all of that um, data that has just been getting in the way of getting you to become this amazing dream master is to go into flotation tanks. The other thing that I think is going to be really helpful for you is getting into Ormus. Now, I know that some of you um, have um, listened or experienced one of my sponsors, um, which is Now Alchemy. Highly recommend Now Alchemy for their Ormus. Um, Archer Love, amazing. Check out the company Now Alchemy. It's something very special. Uh, you can, you know, really get into that space of of really understanding um, how to bring minerals and ormus into your body. But it's not just about taking the product. Why I take it? Why I think it's amazing? There's a lot of reasons why I take it. But for what we're talking about today is it literally allows you to be fully present in your dreams. Your dreams become much more vivid. The colors, the information, it clears and decalcifies your pineal gland and opens your energy up so that all that stagnicity and all that stuff that's there gets pushed out and increases light frequencies in your body so that when you dream at night, you have full memory of your dream. Your dreams are much more vivid. You're lucid in your dreams and it's something wonderful. And we'll get talking about lucid dreams in quite a bit. So that's another wonderful thing. Another way for you is to do what I call earth laying. And earth laying is really simple. You can do two ways. You could either go to a sand, to a beach, and have your, your body buried in the sand. Have a friend, you know, bring a shovel or something and just bury you in the sand into your head, you know, and just stay there for a while in that sand. Make sure you put sunblock on if you're sensitive skin and it's really hot outside. But bury you in the sand. Another way to do it is to get a box. And this is for people who have the ability to do this. But you can get a box um, and make the box um, really deep and with soil, with healthy soil. And you can cover it and keep it. And it's basically your earth box. And what you do is you bury yourself in the box. Um, again, in the earth. So have someone put you in there and then pour all the dirt on you and keep you like that. Stay in there 15, 20 minutes. Some people stay for an hour. Some people stay for five hours. It depends. What it does is the earth's energy is so powerful and the sand energy is so powerful that it literally starts pulling out toxins and energies and spirits and things that are attached to you that are negative and not operating at the highest level of your being. It could also be pulling off things that you've accumulated from echoes, like from different people that you've been around who've been having arguments. Like say, for instance, you're around a couple who's arguing around you or you have parents who are arguing or you've been 
been arguing with someone or you're around a lot of disturbances of like, let's say, for instance, like for me, when I was living in Turkey and living in Israel, different times when there has been like chaotic energies happening, there were like bombs going off or, you know, missiles or planes flying over my place during the coup or whatever it is, right? There, that created a lot of internal um, disturbances, a little bit to the point of like when people have um, post-traumatic stress disorder, earthing yourself is literally the best thing if you have post-traumatic stress disorder or any kind of stress brought on from high frequencies of EMF waves, high um, a lot of electricity, a lot of electronics, a lot of city stuff around you, and a lot, uh, which we call the chaotic energy, and a lot of things happening that are traumatic experiences that you've experienced, like a death in the family or someone you loved getting hurt or anything that's really dramatic that creates that level of stress, earth yourself. Earth yourself into the earth. Stay in there, I would say, for a good 20 minutes. If you are comfortable, go a little bit longer. Uh, the longer you stay, the much better. And you can put crystals on top of the earth. It's really wonderful as well. And you can put crystals on the sand as well. It's a wonderful, wonderful way to clear that energy. So definitely earth yourself. And so those are some of the amazing things that I would say are really good um, starting points for you to, to get into that space. Another thing that will help you um, to dream in, and, not, and to be more present in your dream is don't eat heavy meals before you go to bed. Don't eat spices before you go to bed. Don't heat up your fire energy in your body, such as drinking ginger, eating spices, anything like that. That will limit you from having dreams because your body will be in process of dealing with that and it will shut off those abilities for you to be aware of your dreams. Uh, another one is, you know, really um, don't smoke cigarettes before you go to bed and really stay away from um, putting yourself into a lot of things like THC, anything that is um, where you have to smoke something in your lungs because your lungs, um, the oxygen that comes from your lungs is really important when you sleep at night because the more oxygen, more available bronchial space you have and in, in your, um, your entire body has a lot of oxygen coming into your your cells and feeding your organs. This is a wonderful thing because this allows you to be able to bring synthesis back into your body from the other planes. So um, just to give you that heads up, it's a wonderful thing. Okay. So talking about dreams, as we go and we recognize dreams, first of all, we have to understand that when we dream, we remove the binds and chains from the subconscious that wraps around us all the time from the world that we deal with, right? And it literally, those things can suck the life out of our heart and our spirit. So it's really important to keep those energies cleared. And so dreaming allows that to happen. Dreaming allows us to lift those, those, those binds and those chains and those weights and those belief systems and those prejudices and whatever it is that we're holding on to that's been passed down to us or given to us or that we've collectively um, enhanced ourselves with through the people we hang out with, those things are literally being cleared away. And the dream state is a wonderful place for us to work out our fears. So the, one of the things that you can do, um, which I think is really wonderful, is that when you go to bed, don't just go to bed. First of all, I want you to look at your bedroom and I want you to ask yourself, is my bedroom a sleep sanctuary? I learned this from my friend Dave Asprey um, because he really gets uh, me into the idea of like, how am I really experiencing my energy? Am I really getting my energy at the highest level? So he's like, teaches me how to boost myself um, with the shamanic powers that I already have and take it up a grade a higher and higher and higher based on the just little hacks and I'm doing in my life. So one of the, one of the hacks is a sleep hack, right? It's like, are you blocking out the light 
in your room? Are you, is your bed uh, a bed that actually is comfortable or is it not comfortable? Do you have electronics removed out of your living, your, your sleeping space? You know, uh, these are very important things because these things can disturb your sleeping. And then, you're, you know, if you want to be monitoring your dreams, you could get like a dream watch or a dream monitor that kind of like cycles you through your REM and then wakes you up at certain times. But that's a whole nother thing. You can get into that if you want to choose to do that. But really being important to how your sanctuary set up for you to rest your body because resting your body is so important because your body does so much. Your biological spacesuit is on fleek. Okay. When I say on fleek, I mean, it's meaning it's on all the time doing things for you so that you can carry out your spirit's mission on this planet in your soul journey. And so literally, if you are operating from a place of not acknowledging your body and really honoring your body, you're doing yourself such a great disservice and there's no need for that. So Really make your room a sanctuary for rest and sleep and get rid of everything in there that would be distracting and, you know, causing you any kind of disturbances. Like remove your computer, don't sleep with your phone, like, you know, you know get all these things out. So this is important. Um, great. So also one of the things is, is creating a sleep ritual. So a sleep ritual is literally like doing a closing inventory of your day. At the very end of your day, like do a little inventory close, like what you experienced, what you learned, what you want to change, you know, all of these different things. And like, what was the most, ex- like, you know, uh, what is the most fun experiencing thing that you experienced? You know, uh, you know, something that I would go, um, to my friend's dinner table and she'd do this thing called rose and thorn. Like, what was your rose? So like, what was the thing that was really beautiful for you today? And what was the thorn? You don't have to call it rose and thorn, but just really take inventory. Take sp- I call it spiritual inventory of your day. It's like a closing off of your day, but only do it right before you go to bed. Don't do it because if you're going to go to bed, um, you're going to do it and then you're going to go watch a movie or something or go in the living room and watch a movie or binge yourself out of the refrigerator, which you shouldn't be doing anyway to keep your sugar, your blood sugar levels low so you can keep um, going fasting while you're sleeping. So no binging. But anyway, moving forward, anything that you do outside of, you know, where you're really just focusing your energy on like, I'm ready to go to bed. I'm in the space to go to bed and this is what I'm going to do. And I'm really excited about it. And so from that point, you go into that space of I'm going to go to bed and I'm going to do my spiritual inventory. So you do your spiritual inventory and then think about some of the things that you are experiencing in the moment where you are in that moment. So just kind of write it down like I'm very tired or, you know, I feel stressed out or any of these things. And if you feel any of those energies, what I simply want you to do is say, I remove any stagnicity or energy to prepare myself from sleep and I release it out of my mouth and throat through a long, deep yawn. You want to say these words, I release any stagnicity are any disturbances to prepare me for sleep and dream out of my body through long, deep yawn. Say it about 20 or 10 times. You can do it 10 times, but if you only feel comfortable doing it five times, that's fine as long as you do it. That's really, um, really important. And then you want to tell yourself you're ready to face your power. So because every time you sleep at night, you're going to be taken into the, to the dream world, into the holographic world, because there's different levels of the dream world. There's the holographic world, which we'll get into in a little bit. So when you go into the sleep world, you want to always say, I'm ready to face my power. Because a lot of times people will go to sleep and not say, I'm ready to face my power. And then they have nightmares and they don't realize that a nightmare is them actually facing certain fears that they've created in their physical world that is showing up in the spiritual world for them to deal with in the way that they can deal with it to give them the most strength and confidence and power by them overcoming this nightmare. So that being said, 
right? Um, it's like for me, nightmares are fun because I get a nightmare. And if I wake up from it, because I'm really scared, I ask, I go, I say, I'm afraid. I'm a, I say, um, okay, that was really scary. I'm ready to face my power. Take me back into that dream. And then I lay back to sleep and I go right back into that dream. So what I want you to do is I want you to say, I'm tell yourself you're ready to face your power. No matter what shows up, you're ready to face it. So that's really, really important as well. Uh, another thing that I recommend um, when you go to sleep is to look at your hands or if you have a dream bracelet, which is really great. And I recommend everyone having a dream bracelet that they put on. Um, a dream bracelet or a dream ring would be really wonderful. And you, what you do is you basically signify this as your dream bracelet or your dream ring and you put it on and it's a way that we shamans have learned to be able to be awake in our dreams we practice with it first and then after a while we don't really need it anymore but it's a wonderful way to start or you can always use it and always be present so what happens in the dream plane is that at some point in the dream you're going to see your hands and when you see your hands and if a bracelet's not there or if the bracelet is there, it's going to wake you up and bring you into lucid state. That means you're going to recognize that you're in the pl- you're in the spirit world, you're in the dream plane. So that's something to be mindful of as well. Is to really have a dream bracelet or a dream ring, something, or look at your hands and look at the the lines and details of your hands, so you can really get into that space. Go in the mirror, look at your face, look at the details of your face, and all of that good stuff. Okay. So now you're getting ready to go to sleep and you're going into the dream plane. Um, There's different techniques that you can do to take yourself in there deeper. If you're a person who sleeps on your side, okay, you can take the palm of your hand and cover your third eye. When you cover your third eye, you will go into a sleep even deeper and you will um, have profound experiences. Another wonderful technique, which I find really wonderful that I've learned from my elders and my grandmother, is to cover your head with cloth. So you want to cover a, um, a top of your head. It could be like a headband or anything that blocks your third eye, um, which is another way if you don't want to cover your your hand with your the palm of your hand over your third eye and the, the ridge of your nose and right between your eyebrow, then don't go ahead and do that. That's your choice. So there are so many amazing things that um, you can do to get yourself in that state. Another one is the more freer you are in your body, such as like you're not wearing like heavy jackets and clothes and sleeping in your clothes and all that kind of stuff. But being very free in your body is going to be really good for you to access into the dream world. Okay. So those are some tips for you to take in. And there's so many more I can give you. And of course, this won't be the only um, uh, lesson on dreams. Uh, however, we are going to be focusing on the beginning stages of understanding how to become a dream master. And of course, later on, we'll be getting more into deeper um, experiences of that as well on other podcasts. So, okay, so you go into the dream world. And first thing you have to understand about your dreams is that when you're going into the dream world, you're entering into a holographic field of consciousness that is limitless. That means that think of like the movie or the TV show, Star Trek, and they would go into a holodeck and in that holodeck, they would say a fear of spiders at level one or fear of, you know, this or overcoming this. And so basically that's what happens is that your, your subconscious mind 
has gathered all this information throughout the day of what things have affected you and what type of symbolisms you've placed upon them. So you may not even realize that during your day when you're living your life and just doing you, you have this peripheral vision going on, right? So if you take your hand and you kind of move it, if you look straight ahead and you move your hand on the like left or right side, you'll see your hand waving, but you won't see it in full detail. Well, your subconscious mind and your spirit does see it in full detail. And it takes all of the information that you put your mind to and how you associate images and archetypes to your life. So for instance, you know, there was for me, I had a fear of spiders and I'm still processing my love through spiders. And in that process of love, I've attached spiders to money. So whenever spiders show up, it means money's coming in my life. But also in the dream world, I would have these dreams where I'd be falling into a spider's nest and when I was in that spider's nest, these huge, huge gargantuan spiders would be there in these webs and they'd be hatching these eggs and spiders coming everywhere. And I would be like, oh my God, oh my God. And I would freak out and just like try to do my best to get out of there as quick as I could. And what I, what I realized was that, um, you know, through my, through my, um, conscious being aware of that energy, the spiders represented to me money and connections. The webs represented people and connections and there was webs everywhere. And then the money was representing the, how many spiders and how big it was and so forth. And so there's a point at one time in my dream where I was like, I have to confront my fear of money and prosperity and really be comfortable with allowing myself as a spiritual um, leader to get out, to be, pro- be comfortable, you know, having lots of money and being able to use money in a way that supports both me and the people that I love and the people in the world who are out there doing the, the, the beautiful love uh, purpose out there in the world that I can support financially in, in ways as well. So, so you know, I, I had to overcome that, that, that experience. And when I did, it brought up, um, it started bringing the like flows of income into my life, which was really wonderful. And also I had one time where, you know, I had a situation where I was asking spirit, you know, I really want to face a lot of my fears at a very short time. And all of a sudden I was on this, I would go to sleep and I would, and be, I would be like a tractor beam would be pulling me into another world where I'd be facing all kinds of monsters and fears and bees, you know, being able to uh, overcome my fear of bees stinging me and all these different things had different meanings and different aspects of my life. So don't be afraid of nightmares. Embrace them. And when you have them, ask for them to come back so that, and tell yourself you're ready to face the power and do whatever it is that you feel you need to do. And think about it. Think about those dreams too when you wake up. You know, like what was your archetype? What did you play? Were you running for your life? Were you fighting something? Were you solving a mystery? You know, um, were you using magic? What were you doing? Because every archetype represents something. So for instance, like, you know, if you are on a mission to do something, that means that this has something to do with your life and what you're doing in your life and where spirit is guiding you to. But let's say, for instance, you're running from something. This means that there's something that you've created that has been creating fear and you've been running from it and not facing this part of yourself, this part of yourself that created that in your world, that dreamed that character or that monster into your life. So Having an awareness of your archetype of like what role you played. So when you wake up, you write down that role. Like I played this, you know, like for instance, like last night I went to sleep and there were, um, you know, these 
creatures that were like uh, terrorizing the world and you had to lock your door and be inside your house and they were like they look like golems like like, like they almost look like little things creatures that you would see from like lord of the rings with faces and like furry bodies and big strong and when they attack you it was like it's being attacked by a bear so in this dream you know it was it was like terrorizing i was like trying to save my sister and when i say try meaning i tried to save my sister because my sister in the dream was getting mauled and it was really you know frightening and all these friends of mine and all these things were happening and then finally I woke up I had went to the bathroom and decided to sit in my bed and like process it for a little bit and be like okay everyone keeps dying everyone keeps getting attacked we can't we're having a difficulty saving some of the people some of these things um are happening and I I don't understand how these things are surviving and and you know and multiplying around the earth and so in the dream um, I mean, when I was awake, that's, I was thinking about that before. And I said, take me back to that dream. I'm not afraid of my power. I can figure out what to do in order to complete this dream. So I went back in the dream and, and then it was, there I was again in the house and you know, that they were like, the neighbors are trying to get, they need help. They're being attacked. And all of a sudden I was like thinking, okay, I have powers. I have powers. I have powers. What power do I need? And all of a sudden I heard fire. And so I brought fire out of my hand. So I went up to the rooftop and I started spraying fireballs through my hands at the creatures that were down below. And they caught on fire and they started burning and then to this light and then evaporated into light. So I told everyone, it's fire. Fire is the way we're going to stop them. And everyone started lighting fire and so forth. And uh, it was amazing. And the fire got lit. And it brought it made me laugh when I woke up because, you know, I always say get on the lit train, you know, keeping keep the fires burning, stay on the lit train. So I was realizing that these fire, this fire, these monsters were the were parts of the matrix, parts of the system that is making people afraid and attacking them through whatever it may be through media or whatever it may be that they're getting attacked from. And I always tell people stay lit, keep the fires burning, keep the fires burning. If you see someone who's fire fires low, light them up, right? And so that's what it was about. It was about lighting people up and keeping those fires burning and really teaching them how to keep the keep lit. And so that's what I realized is that I'm here to be a fire starter, right? And to light those fires. And you're here to be a fire starter and light those fires. And we're here to, to create a big bonfire and burn those, those, those little parasites, those creatures, you know, back into the light. So that was the meaning of that dream. So the thing is acknowledging your dream, acknowledging the nightmare, not as something that, oh, I only want good dreams at night and I don't want nightmares. It's really important. And if you have kids, it's really important with your kids to create a dream box for them. A dream box would associate certain types of crystals. Um, so I would say moonstone would be one of them. Um, fairy quartz would be great. Um, using any kind of um, stone that has um, like magnetic properties such as like hematite, um, labyrinth, you would be a really good stone and you know and have in their moon box um, have these stones in their dream box not moon box in their dream box and also add a flashlight um, add uh, something that they can put on like a glove or hat or something that they can have could even be a toy that's in there it's called their dream their dream warrior so it could be an animal like a unicorn a bear a cat you know any of these things and just put that in the box I do this a lot it's a very wonderful shamanic way to teach kids how to be able to overcome their fears of the dark and overcome their fears of nightmares and things of this nature and you put the dream box by their bed and you can have them decorate it with stickers and do really fun things that's 
that's what I like to do. And just decorate it with stickers, paint it, do fun things like that. And literally, you can either put you can put the um, you can put like a tie around them, or you can put like a bracelet on them. Say this is your dream bracelet; it protects you from nightmares. This is your dream um, um, totem, so it could be a, some kind of animal, stuffed animal that changes, that goes, tells them it follows them into the dream world. When they sleep at night, it's going to follow them and protect them, you know. And um, the stones are there to give them powers, and you can tell them what each stone is going to do for them, and you decide what that's going to be. And really create that space for your children. It's really important. And the flashlight is if they wake up in the dark, they can put the flashlight and tell them the flashlight has magical powers. That anything that is not from love, when you just push the flashlight on it, it disappears. So having a dream box for kids is really important. Okay, going forward, what I was saying. So knowing your archetype, knowing what role you play in the dream and what is happening. What is happening in the dream? And when I say what is happening, like if you're driving a car and you're someone speeding around a curve, it's not just what's happening in the fact of the driving of the car. It's also how it made you feel when you were in the car. Because you could be driving up a mountain and feel very laughing and playful and whatever, and you're in the passenger seat and all that interprets in the dream world is that you are letting someone take the steering wheel and you're going on this adventure and you're having so much fun. But let's say, for instance, it's the other way around. You're going up this mountain in this curvy road and that person is driving and you're scared for your life. That means that the person who is now directing your life in your physical world is not, you don't feel safe with them because you, um, they're doing things in, on that journey that are making you unsafe. So either something you need to talk about or something you need to not let them drive the car anymore and you need to be in more position of power in your life. So look at your dreams like that. Look at your dreams like a story, right? And the story is who are you, what's happening and how do you feel? Again, I'm going to say that again. Who are you? What's happening? And how do you feel? The how do you feel tells you the, the understanding of the dream. The who are you tells you the character that you're playing in the dream and why you're dreaming that. And what's going on tells you the situation that's happening, meaning like what is going on? What is this dream about? What is it? What is it? Sh- what is it connecting to you in your physical life? Right. And, you know, one of the things that you can do when you go to sleep at night also, too, is before you go to bed is to ask for certain things to be dealt with. Like if you have a fear of love, say, take me to dream about working through my fear of love. If you have a fear of money, take me to work on my dream of my fear of money. Uh, a wonderful thing that you can do to say that is you can say, I invoke my Merkaba. The Merkaba is the star of David. It's your transformational vehicle, right? That takes you into the dream world. I invoke my Merkaba with electric, um, with electric light to overcome my fear of, and you would add the the blank, my fear of this or my fear of that, or what's getting in the way of this, or why am I not making moves here? You know, you can ask any question to the Merkaba, and the Merkaba will go into the dream world and program the dream world to make it that you would learn these lessons and bring them back to the physical world and have changes in your life, which is so wonderful, right? Super, super wonderful. So that's a really important thing to remember as well when you're going into the dream world and understanding that if you um, choose to work more in your lucid dreaming, lucid dreaming means being aware and awake in your dream state. Use, um, like I said, dream bracelets, dream rings. When you wake up in the dream world, let me explain to you a little bit more about the first stages of the dream world. The first stage of the dream world is closest to your body. It's called the holographic field. The holographic field is projecting all of the things that you are dreaming on earth into the dream world where there's limitless experiences for you to have to overcome those things. And then you bring them back 
back through synthesis into the Merkaba, into your body, and then into your waking life. And then all of a sudden, these things change because you've changed in your mind and in your emotions and how you feel about things. So the outward world changes according to that because you dream a new dream into the physical world. Going into the process of lucid dreaming, when you're in the holographic world and you become lucid, you in that moment have to find a doorway or create a doorway or create a window, create something that takes you out of that place. So what I usually do is I'll draw a door with my fingers and push it and then it takes me out of the holographic plane and now I'm in the astral plane. The astral plane, and we will go more into this in depth in other um, podcasts, but the astral plane is a place where loved ones and spirits that have chosen to come to earth that haven't chosen to come to earth that are living on other planets living in other galaxies you name it they're all there and some beings that are there who haven't chosen their parents yet and they're just there hanging out and there's a lot of things you can do in the astral plane and i don't want to go into all of the things you can do in the astral plane until we learn more about the dreaming but i think the first key for you is to understand your dreams interpret them, be able to navigate them by working with your Merkaba, creating the space for you to dream, clearing the blockages that get in the way of you dreaming, and really being able to really honestly get into a space of realizing that you are dreaming your life into existence and utilize the dream plane as a sacred place to get your dream more in alignment to the things that will bring you the highest level of joy and happiness and ease and grace in your life. You'll hear a lot of shamans, a lot of mystics, and a lot of people who work in the old ways talk about the power of dreams. It is something wonderful and it is a gift from creation so that we will always remember we're free. You see, in the dream world, you can do anything. You can fly, you can swim, you can turn into an animal, but it all matters of what you allow yourself to do in that world. Just much like heaven, where you can turn into an animal, you can fly, you can turn into a sound wave, you can do anything and you can take on a, a more younger appearance, a more older appearance, you could be a child, you could be music, you could be anything and everything interprets and experiences you as you choose to be. So it's the same thing. The dreams were created so that we don't get so locked and confined to the shackles and the bounds and the rules that we've created here on earth. I've had people tell me, you know, uh, Shaman Durek, I've never been with the same sex. And when I went into the dream plane, I had sex with someone of the same sex. Does that mean I'm gay? Um, it's not about labels. In the physical world, we label things, we judge things, we place things in boxes. That is what we have to come out of in order to evolve. The dream plane is helping you work through something that you haven't worked through within yourself on the physical plane. Perhaps that is something you wanted to experience on the physical plane, but you haven't allowed yourself to experience it. And so you do in the dream plane. Uh, perhaps you're afraid to meet your soulmate, um, your twin flame, and uh, you know, and we will get into that in another time as well, too, about twin flames and soulmates, because I feel like people get them, you know, mixed up. But your soulmate is someone that you've, you've had love with in another lifetime and another embodiment. And that person is coming into your life to help you to enrich yourself to see more of who you are. Your twin flame is you in another body that is in multiple bodies. You don't just have one twin flame. It depends how you choose to integrate with that one person. Um, the twin flame is a spirit that lives within different people and that can merge into one 
one person and be a part of your life in a relationship where you honor yourself and you honor each other. But that's a whole nother um, podcast. So if you are a fan of Ancient Wisdom Today podcast, please keep listening and being a part of it and tell everyone about it so that they can get all this amazing information. So going back is that you can actually dream about your um, soulmate or your to-be twin flame. Uh, you can dream about your child that you might be having because they all can meet in the astral plane and connect with you, which is a wonderful, wonderful thing. And you can also um, dream about your new homes that you're going to be moving into, places that you're going to visit, people you're going to meet. I know for myself, and I know a lot of you um, have written me and, sh- and shared with me that I come into your dreams a lot. That's normal. I go into a lot of the tribal members' dreams uh, to help them process things. I have a very, very, very uh, traveling spirit about me, um, nomadic in my nature of both physical and spiritual, that I go and travel to people. And especially if you call my name, I come as well. So I do a lot of that. And I do a lot of helping beings, and which is getting more into the advanced stuff, but helping beings in the underworld who have committed suicide and can't let go of it, people who want to war and couldn't forgive themselves for killing someone. I go to these other realms and help beings find their way to the light. So I'm not just sleeping at night and working on, um, let's change the word from work to love, loving on my own things that I'm dealing with in life. I am going into different realms to, to, to love on other spirits, to assist them and to lift them and to build relationships. Because shamanism is all about building relationships with spirit, right? So when you meet someone in the spirit realm, say hello, ask them questions, get to know them, ask them if they have a human body, ask them if they're just a spirit, ask them, you know, where do they exist? The more we engage, the more we grow. So it's really important. So these are the things that I wanted to share with you today when it comes to the first level of becoming a dream master. And I want you to know that when you buy these books that are dream interpretations, do understand that these interpretations are someone else's interpretations and that your interpretations are your own. If I say my interpretation of a horse is me moving through blockages, but for another person, it could be overcoming fear. We can't associate our own interpretations onto someone else. That's why I don't really buy into those dream interpretation books. I think the best thing for you to do is to write down the things you see in your dream in a dream journal have it by your bedside, and then ask what that interpretation is for you. When you think about a horse, how do you feel? What does that bring up for you? And then look at those things and how they connect with you in life. And you're sure to find out what those interpretations are. So really be mindful of taking in those types of books. If you want to take in books about dreaming and things of that nature, you can do that as long as it's teaching you about lucid dreaming and you know all these different things like astral projection and all this other stuff, which we'll get into in another time. But right now for beginning and really beginning to master it, I always like to start with taking baby steps, right? Baby steps is preparing your sacredness for being a dream master and being a dreamer and really learning how to dream a greater dream in your life through the dreams that you dream at night. I love you so much. I honor you. I adore you. I love you. I'm kissing your face right now and I'm hugging you right now. And if you ever see me in about 
about town or wherever I may be, come and give me a big, big hug and say, hey, Shaman Durek, I'm a tribal member and I love you. I want to give you a big, big hug because I love you too and I want to embrace you. So the other thing I ask you to do, which would mean a lot to me, is um, really leaving a review on iTunes on the review write something, you know, place in what you think the show means to you, what you're getting from it, you know, because there are people out there who don't like the messages that I give and they want to try to like bring my numbers down so that way people don't get this information. And remember, we are living in a matrix where there are people who are programmed in the matrix to, you know, much like the movie, like Smitty's coming in taking on different forms and shapes, you know, walking zombies, as I call them, who need to wake up to love. And they will with with us giving them love. But for now, they want to come at me through social media and through um, trying to bring bad reviews into the podcast. And so if you are a person that really enjoys this and you haven't left a review yet and you haven't, you know, decided what stars you feel this show represents to you, please take the time to do so. It really means a lot to me because it's about reaching people. I, I do this to help people, to bring more love into people's lives lives of our tribe so that we can recognize our leadership and our power to change the world. And um, this is like my give back to the world and to help so many people. And if you haven't followed me on Instagram, please do. And also check out my amazing masterclass that I did with the beautiful Sahara Rose. You can check that out on my page on Instagram as well. And um, it's a class that's really about giving you leadership and empowerment and lifting you and shifting you to higher perspectives of yourself so that you are person who's out there in the world being the leader that you are and you're not afraid to bring prosperity in the door you're not afraid to step into your power as a human being and just live without any of these attachments or shackles that tell you you can't do something so this part this class is about giving you those um those technologies of awareness so that you can forge yourself into the world in a very powerful dynamic way and utilize all of your resources for the good of yourself and for the good of others so i encourage you to uh, join the master class and i love you so much and if you haven't um, signed up on my newsletter at shamanderek.com please go check that out shamanderek.com go sign up on the newsletter so you can take some classes and upgrade yourself and get leveled up i love you have a wonderful wonderful you celebrate you every day i love you so 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 much and thank you for being a part of ancient wisdom today podcast until next show bye